Chapter 1 The Hole In the darkness, her breathing was audible, pronounced. Am I going to die? It goes without saying, a brawny voice replied. No one lives forever. Even my no-good son-of-a-gun Aunt Sally kicked a bucket. A gargoyle fell on her. Bullseye on the frontal lobe. I'm being serious, she said testily. Fine, he snipped back. Are you seeing memories flashing before you? Are you seeing the white light, dead relatives? Are you floating upward? If not, then you are still unfortunately breathing, living. There were moments of silence that seemed to last forever. As time lulled, it felt like the previous conversation had never occurred. Joe opened her eyes, her vision screwed up, gradually focusing at a marker, 8,500 feet. She whispered, Subalpine Zone. Put her oversized day pack down with a thud, leaned her trekking pole on an outcrop, caught her breath, and pressed her gloved hands on her stuffed ears. She looked exhausted, disheveled. She started sniffing her arms under her thermal and pits like a wild animal. The funk from today's hike gave her a temporary high. We are more than halfway to the summit, if you fucking look at it, Squib snarled with a rib-tickling grin. His brawny voice dissipated. A man in his sixties, he stood carefree at the edge of a range with only a petrified pine separating him from the deep gash in the earth. He was polluting the chilly air with a smoke, deeply drawing in every bit as though he were an addict in withdrawal. His sunken eyes stared at the ether. A lump of his fluttering white blondish hair managed to escape from the hold of his gray beanie. Might as well create some air. It'll go thinner from here. Cancer stick. Joe said in a criticizing tone. I promise you, it's the only bad habit I have in these altitudes. He gave the cigarette a final suck-in, put it out, and tossed the butt inside a can. Low-hanging clouds eddied and sunk to the pine-dotted valley below, obscuring a dozen or so rivulets that looked like figure-eight ribbons. It was that time of day when the sun and sky blazed off psychedelic colors. Shafts of light were piercing through the sawtoothed domes and glaciers of the Cascades. A swath of lenticular clouds hung around the peak of Mount Olympia, and with the setting sun, it took the appearance of a halo, or in Joe's assessment, a massive UFO. You can't beat the beauty up here, Joe observed. Seeing this must have been a real treat for Pappy. Her hazel eyes swept through the evergreen of conifers below as they sharply contrasted with slabs of limestone. Your father saw a lot of things. Naturally, Nestor didn't see the summit, but that's just me being an asshole. Squib bounced his pack off the fresh pack of snow. Don't mistake this place. Nothing this beautiful is good. It's not Shangri-La. It's a tomb. This is our hole for the night. You mean tent? Joe whispered to herself looking up and reflecting. Hours ago, they had been in the midst of it, exhausted, halfway in their eight-hour hike, switchbacking and trundling through what felt like an obstacle course of fallen lumber, thorny shrubbery, and lichen-covered rocks. They had been fastening crampons and tending to frostbit toes such that Squib had to sanctimoniously exert, It's the price for entry. The mountain claims a part of you, something you can't bring back at sea level. At this point, Joe had lost track of the calories and water she was consuming. The only reliable measurement she had was her almost empty day pack stuffed with protein bars and carbs, and the fact that she kept going to the bushes to relieve herself.
as Squib put it in his mountain rules, hydration equals, if you're not peeing, you're not drinking enough. By mid-morning, they took an unscheduled pit stop at a football-sized meadow blooming with lupines and valerians. It was littered with twisting barks that made her hungry for red vines. The view, like the previous days, was a treat to them, especially with the sight of Pine Martins burrowing out of snowy glades.